Hey guys, sorry for the interruption. I'm Dave, creator, host, narrator, writer, producer, and, well, I guess you could just say the mind behind AIC Stories. That's right. Like you guys probably know, AIC Stories is a very small, independent, one-man operation. And as you probably know, creating a podcast, especially one with multiple series like AIC Stories, takes a lot of work, a lot of time, effort, and, let's be honest, a lot of money. That's why I wanted to take just a second to let you know that if you love AIC Stories and want to help support the show, you can do that now in a couple different ways, including at buymeacoffee.com slash AIC Stories. Buy Me A Coffee is a way for you as a listener to help keep the lights on and keep the stories flowing. Every little bit helps, and while I was very hesitant to even think about asking anyone for money because, well, who likes to do that? I had more than a few people ask how they could help support AIC Stories, and I figured, why not? People were asking, so let's give you guys the option. And truly, the support means the world to me, so I do sincerely thank you for that. Of course, I know not everyone is in a position to financially support the show through Buy Me A Coffee, but that doesn't mean you still can't help me out immensely. If you can take a second to leave a rating and review, or even just share the show on social media or tell your friends about all the great storytelling content happening right here at AIC Stories, you'll be helping me out just as much as any financial support through Buy Me A Coffee would. And I'm eternally grateful for any and all help that you guys can give me. Like I said, this is a small independent podcast and it takes a lot of work to keep this thing going and any of this help that you can do really just means the world to me and helps me keep delivering better and better content to you guys each and every week. So jump over to buymeacoffee.com slash AIC stories or just visit AICstories.com and you'll find all the links right there if you want to help financially support AIC stories. Or, of course, you can find me on social media everywhere at AIC Stories. And you can leave a rating, review in the podcast player of your choice. So share the show, tell your friends, rate and review if you can. And if you're able to and interested, buymeacoffee.com slash AIC Stories is where you can go to financially support the show and, and help keep these stories flowing. I do truly appreciate it. I'm sorry for the interruption here. Now, let's get to our regularly scheduled programming. Mystery Minnesota is an original fiction podcast from Adventures in Creativity Productions. Call it an anthology of strange stories, mysteries of a punishing land, and the people that call it home. And these stories impacted one man's life in a way he never anticipated. Believe them or don't. But remember, these stories are told in order, so make sure and start at the beginning. Don't worry, we'll be here whenever you catch up. Welcome to Mystery Minnesota. There are pivotal moments in our journey through life when we can look back and point with absolute certainty to a place where we had a huge choice to make. And whichever one we made will likely forever look back and wonder what if we had made the other choice. Would things be better? Worse? Or would anything have really changed at all? When you have enough of these moments stacked up, it's, it's hard to feel like it's all just bad decision making or bad luck. It starts to feel like no matter what choice we make, which path we take, 
they all end up circling back to the same place. Fate. Sometimes it's pretty easy to look at and accept that we were just destined to end up in that spot. Other times, the journey there takes us through some truly bizarre territory and it's only in hindsight that we can look and wonder if we just took the... Mm, the scenic route to the fated destination. We sat there. The summer sun was beginning to drop in the sky as the, the air began to cool slightly with the breeze off the lake. The breeze that was working to fight its way through the screened-in porch where my brother and I sat in stunned silence. We were dumbfounded at the tale unfolding from Arnie and Maggie Selfridge. And as the loons called their evening song, Maggie picked up the tail while Arnie grabbed another cold beer from the cooler. She told us how she had gone for the weekend with a few of her closest friends, uh, a typical girls weekend in which they spent time enjoying some shopping, uh, good food, plenty of drinks, and, and some much needed laughter down in the, the cities. You see, even though people here in northern Minnesota can't imagine living in a big city or dealing with the rat race, some like to occasionally spend a little time down in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, uh, an area we commonly refer to as just the cities. Most will head down for a concert or maybe catch a home game for the Vikings, Twins, or Wild, and then spend some time sampling the variety of restaurants that we just don't have up north, all the while wondering why people pay that kind of money for food they could easily make at home. Throw in a little shopping, and by the time the weekend is over, most will be ready to get away from there as fast as they can and make the four-hour trek back to the comforts of life up north. I'm sure most places are the same, but in Minnesota there seems to be a real serious divide between those of us that live outstate and those that call the cities home. Neither side looks very kindly on the other, and there's a definite attitude from one of the sides indicating that they are far superior to the other group. <laughs> Anyways, back to Maggie. She told us how, when she pulled into the house after her girl's weekend, she was greeted with a, a terrifying scene. There, sprawled half in and half out of the house, was Arnie, his arms outstretched towards the lawn as if he had been crawling, trying to escape the house. He wasn't moving, and she could see he was just barely breathing still. The outside screen door to the house was swinging open and shut in the wind, as his unconscious body was blocking the doorway, so the door couldn't close. The old spring on the door was creaking in protest as the wind attempted to force it off its hinges before it would snap back again and slam into Arnie's ribs. From the door of the house, the, the smell of decay and rot was so strong 
She swore she could almost see it creeping out of the door and over Arnie as he lay motionless in the doorway. She didn't dare try to go into the house and call 911. That overwhelming smell of rot coming from inside, well, she was sure that if she stepped foot inside, she'd end up the same as Arnie, so she did the only thing she could think of. She, she panicked, and then she grabbed him under the arms and dragged him to her car. Now, Maggie's not a big woman, but she's got that Minnesota toughness, and it, it was, you know, a whole bunch of grunting, sweating, and, and swearing, but she managed to get him loaded into the car where she sped out of the driveway and headed towards town and the nearest hospital as fast as she could. By that time, he had stopped breathing completely, and Maggie, well, she was sure Arnie had just died there next to her in her car. That is, until they got about a mile up the road and he scared the daylights out of her when he suddenly gasped and lurched up in his seat, breathing hard as if he had been underwater for too long and had barely made it to the surface before blacking out for good. Now, naturally, in her focused panic as she raced towards town, his lurching up, gasping for air, scared the hell out of Maggie and she almost lost control of the car when she jumped and let out a little scream. Thankfully, she was able to hold it on the road, and as she began to slow down to pull over, Arnie told her to just keep going. So off they went for a visit to the hospital. In the silence that followed as we waited for Arnie to enjoy the first few sips of his freshly cracked beer, my brother finally spoke up. He, uh, he hadn't really said much this, this whole visit, but just then he was on the edge of his seat and I don't know if it was out of amusement or genuine concern but it was clear he had to know what happened next <laughs> he uh, he was so into the story that when he asked what happened when they got to the hospital his his voice cracked something fierce and I couldn't help but smile as I thought back to our time growing up when puberty hit him hard in the voice area so it was so bad that we all referred to him back then as squeaks because he could hardly get out a sentence without his voice breaking and squeaking. Yeah, puberty can be a bitch, but it was especially hard on my brother. He got the last laugh though, and by the time he graduated high school, he had one of those rich baritone voices, velvety smooth and full of bass. The girls were drawn to him like bees to honey. Man, that used to irritate me. I always thought of myself as a cool brother, but when my kid brother started getting all the attention from the girls because of that voice, well, I was glad when I graduated and could get off to college and away from his influence on all the girls, especially the ones I had the biggest crushes on. Of course, he had to follow me a couple years later to the same college, but that's not really important, I guess. By then, we had become closer than ever, and I was glad to have my adventure partner readily available once again. Ah, the good old days, but hmm, we're not here for that. You know, Arnie had a lot more to tell about his little encounter than Maggie and friends, but this wasn't getting any less strange the further into this story we went. This is just bizarre. You see, with... With Maggie gone all weekend, Arnie decided he'd spend his time trying to fix their well that seemed to be dying a slow death. 
He'd spent all weekend pulling the pump, clearing any possible debris, checking the wiring, and finally on Sunday morning had a new pump installed and ready to go. All that was left was to open all the taps in the house and let them run for a bit and see if the the water was finally fixed and cleaned up. Walking into the house, he told us how that horrible, rotten smell seemed to have gotten worse, but he assumed it was just from working in that stinky clay and mud on that well all weekend and he didn't really think much about it. But as he passed from the front door, through the living room and into the kitchen to start turning on all the faucets. He said it was like someone opened an oven door that had been baking hot garbage for a week. The smell hit him hard, so hard he could taste it as it coated his mouth and nose when he breathed and he swore he could feel a grittiness to the air that burned his eyes. Now when you smell something like that naturally, it's going to stop you in your tracks and As Arnie paused to look around, sure he'd find a dead animal of some sort laying in the corner half rotted away, something dropped on his back hard and wrapped itself around his throat. Startled, he reached back to try and pull it off, but he couldn't get a hold of it. It seemed to be wiry but strong, and the more he fought it, the harder it squeezed around his neck, choking off that rancid smelling air that right about then was sounding sweet as apple pie. As he clawed and fought to pull whatever was on him, whatever now threatened to choke the life out of him, off of his neck and his back, he staggered back into the living room and towards the front door. By that time, his his lungs were burning with the lack of air and his vision was clouding. He knew that if he didn't get outside soon, he'd be dead. He hoped that once outside, this this animal, this, this thing that had hold of him, would let go and run off to the safety of the woods. Passing the mirror in the living room, though, he froze in horror as his hands reached back, trying to grab whatever it was and stopped in midair. He couldn't break free, and there was something there. He could feel it, but the mirror showed nothing. Looking down past his chin, he could feel those small arms corded with muscle, those arms that now crushed the life out of him, but the mirror, it showed nothing nothing. He dropped to his knees. Consciousness was starting to slip. Grabbing the flower vase off the coffee table, he smashed it behind him where the head should have been. Glass exploded everywhere, but there was no sound besides his own struggle. It was like it had been sucked up, gone, just silent. The next thing he knew, he was opening his eyes to find himself face down on the plush shag carpet of the living room. He had blacked out. Whatever was on his back and neck was still choking the life from him. His strength was gone, but still he clawed his way to the door, one agonizing fingertip pull at a time. Pushing open the screen door and as he pulled himself through towards the yard, The blackness overtook him once more. There, inside the doorway, he felt himself slipping away, knew he was about to meet his maker, and all he could think of was that damn rotten-smelling monkey-like creature on his back.
Then, he was gasping for air in the front seat of the car with a panicked Maggie nearly driving them off into the woods. Just like that, whatever had hold of his neck was gone, and in an instant the air flooded back into his lungs and he was jolted awake. I don't know if he was speaking from experience or just imagining the situation, but Arnie told us it was like being trapped under the ice on a lake in the winter, struggling to find the hold you fell through. As you saw it there in front of you, making your last ditch effort to get there before you drown, you passed out. But somehow, through a stroke of luck, you floated face up through the hole and when that ice cold air met your wet skin, it's like someone hooked jumper cables up to your chest and started the car. That kind of instant jolt followed by sweet agony as the icy air fills your lungs is <laughs> something a man never forgets. Arnie wasn't sure what it was or what had happened. Of course, the hospital gave him a complete look over, even made him stay overnight for observation, but they found nothing either. Maggie stayed at the hospital with him, partly out of concern for her husband and mostly out of fear to go back home. She never saw anything choking Arnie, but she felt that awful, decaying, rotten smell oozing out of the house. It smelled of death. And quite frankly, she was afraid to go back there, afraid whatever had happened to Arnie would happen to her, and she didn't want to be alone if it did. So she stayed by Arnie's side, and the next day they went home together, both scared of what they might find, both trying to be brave for the other and acting like there was nothing to worry about in true Minnesota fashion. Secrets like that are a bad thing, Arnie told us the beer starting to show up heavy in his voice. In the months that followed, they both walked around their own home terrified, but also keeping that terror a secret from each other. That secret wore them down until they found themselves snapping and arguing over the smallest things, ultimately ending in a shouting match that nearly ended their marriage. Arnie and Maggie looked at each other for a long time as they told us how the months of bickering led to a nasty fight that almost broke them. Almost until they shared their secrets. The secret that they were both just terrified of losing the other. But in the weeks after the incident, as Arnie referred to it, something else happened. Things around the house just kind of went back to normal. The well was working again, Arnie assumed it was the new pump he put in. The grass was growing, and in fact it was growing faster than ever, almost like it was making up for lost time. And that smell of rot and decay had vanished. The water was clear, and once they finally stopped keeping secrets from each other, so was the air. It was as if nothing had ever happened. It was around that time when my my brother cleared his throat and said it was getting late so we better get going it it was really abrupt and he, he suddenly seemed very uncomfortable as we walked to the car I, I asked my brother what was up why did he seem so upset the only answer he gave was angry muttering about stupid search for mystery minnesota and that stupid note and these stupid fairy tale stories it 
It wasn't my finest moment. I'm not proud of it in the least. But as we drove away from the Selfridges and he sat there pouting angrily in the passenger seat about that note yet again, I pushed him. As I guess I pushed him as much as one can while in a car. I, I got in his face and said a few nasty things and as my own anger rose, I yelled at him. What's your problem, Squeaks? Why are you acting like a damn child and why are you so angry about the note in Grandpa's pocket? Quit being a whiny little b- And like that, my anger had vanished, stopping me mid-sentence. My brother, obviously hurt by what I had called him, you see, he hadn't been called Squeaks since those painful high school years and he thought it was long behind him. Well. He fought back tears as he drove, and as the line of green grass faded to the evening darkness behind us and the Selfridge wasteland was out of sight, he looked at me and quietly said, I've got to tell you something. Mystery Minnesota is an Adventures in Creativity production written, produced, and performed by David Swiduck. You can find out more about the show and all of the others at AICpod.com. If you're enjoying what you hear, be sure to reach out to us on social media by following at AIC Stories on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or, of course, you can email us via the contact form on the site. If you want to support the show and help more people discover and uncover the mysteries we're exploring, you can leave us a review or, most importantly, share Mystery Minnesota with your friends. Look, no matter where you hang out, be it Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or Instagram, word of mouth is still the best thing you can do to help support life here in Mystery Minnesota. So don't be shy. Let people know what's up. Of course, we'd love it if you checked out all of the other storytelling fun happening with Adventures in Creativity Productions as well. So while you're at AICpod.com, go ahead and explore all of the other content right there. You can get all of the great projects like Faded Words and Adventures in Creativity in one convenient place by subscribing to AIC Stories in the podcast app of your choice really is the best way to keep up with everything we have coming up for you on Adventures in Creativity Productions. But if you only want to follow the story of Mystery Minnesota, you can find us under Mystery Minnesota in your podcatcher or at anchor.fm slash mystery Minnesota. So get yourself all caught up and stick with us because there's more to the story here in Mystery Minnesota. <laughs>